A cavalcade of good timing with your old pals, Man Bites God. I'm James. I am Mark. And, and that's Chris. Chris. See, two can play at that game. <laughs> um, today's episode is hell. Hell. Oh, it this really is, will be. And what we do is we take a word and we use that word as an inspiration to talk about things about that word. The word today is hell. Hell. Mm-hmm. We should have done this podcast with three different people because, of course, Hell is other people. people. That's Sartre. a little. That's a little Jean-Paul satire for you. <laughs> bang! That is the only joke I wrote. Boom! I read an article that said that um, that is actually misquoted, and that that the the quote is actually "Hell is the other." And well, somebody else said, "Well, it's obviously other people." Well, the idea, but it's. A, I think the the thing is that it's it's been drawn thematically from his play No Exit. Yes, yes. Uh, where it, possibly one of the characters doesn't actually turn to the audience at some point and goes, "Hell is other people. Yeah. This is the moral." Like I, I think it's just a, sort of an all encompassing, yeah. you know, idea. Mm. <laughs> oh, timing that. So, um, hell is the topic for today's uh, podcast. I mm-hmm. think. Is what we're trying to get across here. Why not? Consequently, we turn to Mark, the man over there. You Hello. Can't, you can't see him, but he's a totally over there. Yeah, he's and, been banished. And we say to him, we say fact bombs to Mark, and then we sing at him, and then we sing like this: Fact bombs, fact bombs. Mark's got a fact bombs. If you are a follower of Pure Land Buddhism, the worst type of hell you can end up in is called Avicii. It is said to be a cube, uh, 20,000 yojanas, or 120,000 to 300,000 kilometres, which seems vague uh, to yeah. the side, <laughs> yes. um, and it's buried deep beneath the surface of the earth. Mm. It's surrounded by iron walls and features iron snakes and iron dogs that breathe fire. Oh, I want to see it. Yeah, it's a pretty nasty place, um, there, and there's, there's only five ways that you can go, you can wind up there. Intentionally murdering one's father. Mm. One's father. Yes. But so accidentally. Kill everybody murder. else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Intentionally murdering one's mother. Oh, good. Well, good. Good. Glad you made the list. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be stoked. Yeah. Um, killing an arhat or an enlightened being. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Shedding the blood of a Buddha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and creating a schism within the sag- Sangha. Sangha. Mm. Sangha. It sounds like it, it sounds like you're creating a schism in the Sangha. Sangha. You're going to hell because you are creating a schism in the Sangha. Uh, you sure it's not a Sangha? If you, is it putting, no, putting a sausage in a Sangha? Sangha. Mm, a sausage Sangha. Mm. By the way, Illegal. I'm pretty sure that Schism in the Sangha was an early Elvis Costello album. <laughs> After death, ancient Aztecs who were destined for Mictlan travelled on a four-year journey where they crossed mountains that crashed into each other, a field with wind that blew flesh-scraping knives at them, and a river of blood with fearsome jaguars. Mictlan was a gloomy realm ruled by the god Mictlantikutli, a blood-spattered skeleton who wore a necklace of human eyeballs. (laughs) And you didn't even have to be evil to go there. You just had to be lucky enough to not be a warrior or a woman who died in childbirth or someone who died by drowning or hanging. If you were, if you any were there any of those things, you went to paradise. Oh. Wow! If you, if you just, I don't know, fell off a stool, then you went to hell. You went to Mictlan. Mictlan. Mm. But that was only for four years. No, no, no. That you travelled four years to get there. Ah, uh. I just. Why not sit down? Yeah, I'd want to talk to a travel agent. (laughs) Emanuel Swedenborg, a Swedish philosopher born Mm. in 1688, had a series of visions from the age of 53 in which he visited heaven and hell. And according to him, hell looks like a filthy run-down city. The damned can leave at any time, but do not want to. 
Their suffering is based not on external punishment, but on the fact they're full of cruel desires. Sounds like dinner with my family. (laughs) (laughs) Fact bombs. Yeah. There's a lot of that um, drawing held into this kind of dark... Like it's the same place as the earth as we know it, but it's but it's all nasty and run down, post-apocalyptic style. Well, I think if you want to scare people, you've got to do it with things they would identify with. There's no yeah. point in saying, hell is so awful, you can't even imagine it. Oh, can't I? Oh, good. I'll just keep killing the Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine then. That's great. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just keep uh, not drowning. Yeah. 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 Oh, and not dying in childbirth. I'll just keep waving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obscure. <laughs> yeah, it was obscure. Uh, we can cut that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I was thinking about hell, and I th- thought, uh, obviously, about Dante and about Dante's Inferno. And mm. in the Inferno, he talks about the nine circles of hell. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I don't want to go into that. What I want to do is to talk to you personally throughout the podcast about my own circles of hell. Great. Let's start small. James's small circle of hell. <laughs> <laughs> no theme required. Oh, okay. Is it a list of things? Are you going from the outside? Snake, yeah. This yep, is cool. lesser outside hells. In. Great. Snakes. Oh. I'm not a big fan of snakes. No. Now, here's the thing. I was on tour once with a different band, and we were playing the country town, I believe, of Daniloquin. Yep. And uh, the festival promoters put us up in a, a lovely house that was uh, uh, close to the edge of town, a uh, beautiful old sort of country place, but it was near, you know long grasses and famed for snakes. Now, four very urban men arrive, you know, me and three other dudes from the from the band. We get there and there is a black snake Mm. on the porch. Nice. Looking at us as if to say, What? (laughs) And Welcome. We were so frightened and afraid that we called the promoter. And we said, we're rock stars. There's a snake in our, on our house. What do we do? What do we do? And the promoter, sensing that we were city-slicking idiots, said, that's right, there's a guy. There's a guy. For, there's so many snakes in these parts. There's a guy. We're going to send you the snake catcher. And we said, oh, that sounds encouraging. Okay. So we, we, we kept an eye on the black snake. And we, we stood back and we waited for the snake catcher. And the snake catcher was just this guy in stubby shorts, you know, big fat old guy. And he arrives in his Holden Commodore and he pulls up and he's like, hey, lads, how's it going? Yeah, good. You got yourselves a snake? Oh, it's just a black snake, is it? Reaches out, doesn't think about it, reaches out, grabs the snake and puts it in a bag like he's picking a lemon from a tree. Yeah. No, not, not phased at all. <clears throat> and then he, he did a cool thing, which I liked. He said, now I'm going to uh, relocate this snake. And we said, oh, what does that mean? And he said, well, I'm going to – I put it in a bag and then he, he wound – he put it he put it in the window of his car and then wound the window up so that it, it held onto the bag so that the bag was swinging. On the outside of the car or on the inside? On the inside of the car. And the, the idea inside. was – well, the idea was well, the bag was closed, but the idea was that it would lull the snake to sleep with the rocking oh, once the car nice. started. Then he would go home and put it in the freezer. <laughs> now <laughs> – the snake catcher puts a snake in the freezer because snakes are territorial. And anywhere you release a snake, within reason, it will find its way back to the place it was, mm. which in our case was our lovely abode. Mm. So what you do is you put them in the freezer. They think they, they start to hibernate. And then it's like erasing them. It's like cleaning the disc. You take them out of the wow. freezer and you let them go. And they go, oh, I don't know. I've got I just got to find a new place to live. I had a big nap. Yeah. I don't know where who I am. What happened to my legs? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like the start of memento. I can't feel my legs. So, um it's a, it's a film about a snake who has to figure out how he got there. Yeah. It's good. I like it actually. I don't mind that. Um so, uh, this was a chance obviously to spend time with a real man yeah. uh, as opposed to the four terrible sops that we were and um and we said to him oh tell us a story about snakes he said well (laughs) your black snake's not too bad i mean they are poisonous they're fairly deadly but they're no brown snake i've caught my fair share of brown snakes in my time but with a black snake if it bites you it could kill you it'll either kill you or it won't like it's because it's up to whether your body reacts to the toxin or not so it's a it's a crapshoot 
And uh, oh, look, oh, there was this one time I was under the house, under someone's house because they had a snake and I was getting it and I was lazy. It was my fault. I reached for it and I was just a, a little bit slow and a little bit full of myself and the snake bit me and he, he got me a thing. And so uh, quick as a flash, quick as a flash, I, I, I drove into town and I, uh, and I ordered myself the biggest uh, Starbucks coffee that I could find and I drank that. And I said, oh, was that... Because of the, the caffeine, it, it's adrenaline, and so it, it sort of moves the, the toxin around your body quicker so that it dissipates quickly within your system. Is that the idea? He said, nah, just like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I figured I'd either be dead in four hours or I'd be alive in four hours. I was too far away from a hospital, so uh, I just thought, oh, I'll die doing what I love, I'll have a coffee. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice. a good plan. Just uh, Interesting our... footnote to that story, by the way. He was close enough to a Starbucks, but not to a no, hospital. To hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, as a footnote for our international guests, snakes are protective. So yeah. this snake catcher has to come and catch a snake. Can't just kill it like oh, no, I no. would <laughs> with a bat. I wouldn't even touch it because a, a snake can dodge a bat. Uh, a snake can wrap itself around a bat uh, and then yeah. crawl up to the handle and bite yeah. you on the arm yeah, and true. then sleep with your wife. <laughs> God. Snakes are the worst. Put so you in the freezer. As the guy's leaving, he goes, this is what he says. You know, for and he might have done this maliciously. I don't know, he seemed like a good dude, but he might have done this on purpose. But he said to us, just be careful. I've been called out to this house uh, 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 a number of times. Last time I got called out to this house, uh, there was uh, a snake in the cabinet under the television. And the, uh, the family who was staying here, their six-year-old kid found it. No one was hurt. But uh, just be careful when you're opening uh, any of the closets or doors or anything. So the next two days, <laughs> we spent like in a living area where we had to move deliberately and slowly, and it was hell. <laughs> it that is hell. Two yep. days of literally not being comfortable anywhere because a snake is probably going to bite you on the face. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, snakes are also my my fear as well. But I also don't really like fish, so eels. <gasps> Eels are the worst thing in the world because they look like snakes and they're in the water. They're snake fish. Yeah, it's mm. terrible. I love snakes. Do you? Yeah. I don't mind I snakes. Marry I marry a snake. Yeah. I don't mind snakes, but I don't. I I don't want to party with one. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the dangerous ones. I don't yeah. want to pat I'll, it. I'll cuddle a python. We have a friend who likes snakes. We do. And she had a snake, mm. uh, and. Um, and it was tiny. There was a, it was a tiny little snake, and it was obviously totally safe because you know she would bring it out and let people nurse it. I mean, nurse a snake. Um, and I was I was terrified of snakes, and it took me Wear a very it a humorous bracelet. Very long time to work my way. It was only about a foot long at, at this point. It was a baby, and um, it took me a long time to work myself up to actually handling the snake. And the snake had been handled by everybody and had been fine. And as soon as I handled the snake, it bit me. It bit me, and uh, I mean they didn't. They know. They yeah. just know. They want a healthy respect. They shouldn't be kept in a in a in a cage. They should be th- killed, <laughs> thrown in the ocean. <laughs> Jesus, should be fed to the eels. <laughs> Good lord! Uh, I'm such a nature boy. Yeah. You better hope there's no such thing as reincarnation. <laughs> hey, golfers, guys and gals, get yourself ready for some fun. You may be the lucky one to sink that ace at the Moose Charities Hole-in-One. The Moose Charities Hole-in-One. So let's do a segment that I like to call James's List of Things. Oh. James's James's List list of Things. James's List of Things. James has got some things to list. Ding! Hell edition. Not really. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I got to the end of this series and went, oh, fuck it. I just want to do this one. It's nothing sure, to do sure. with hell at all. Whoa. I could make it fit and I don't want to. James's right. list of things. <laughs> Literary crossovers. Books are dying. Mm-hmm. And taking a page out of Hollywood, this seems to be the only way to get people reading the classics again is introducing some literary crossovers. Nice. I have some examples. Yes. Number one, Fifty Shades of Dorian Gray. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A woman... Becomes the boring masochistic slave of a boring billionaire. When, through mutual consent, he whips her bottom, no marks ever appear on it. But 
Somewhere in an old attic, a painting of her bottom begins to get redder and redder. Uh, Number two, war and peace and pride and prejudice and crime and punishment and baby makes three. This 3,000-page opus tells the incomprehensible and tragic story of peasants in Russia through the prism of an English comedy of manners and a modern couple expecting their first child. (laughs) This will be available exclusively through Tolstoy's Are Us. (laughs) Thank you for that. Three. 3,985. This is what you get when you add up 1984 and 2001. It is a haunting dystopian epic about a government who puts surveillance cameras on the moon and then realises that no one lives there and they've wasted all their money and ours. (laughs) Four, Lord of the Rings versus Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Terrifying fantasy characters like ogres, wizards and hairy midgets Terrorise and kill small children on an island. (laughs) The whole thing takes about five minutes. It was never much of a competition. This is predicted to be a much more successful crossover than The Postman Always Lord of the Rings Twice. (laughs) And finally, uh, literary crossovers. Love in the Time of Chloroform. This is not a literary crossover at all. Just the title of my new Bill Cosby biography. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Hey, so yeah, uh, <laughs> I um I thought I'd tell a hellish story. Ooh. And it's not. I mean, it's not a very big story. Like but about your childhood. You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. God. Here's the thing. I'm not going to do any any childhood gear today. Okay. All right. Then. Yeah. Strictly. It's going to be about a girl, isn't it? So listen. No, nothing about a girl. All right. It's 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 very it's look. Here it is. Here are the things that I dislike. I I don't like flying. I hate turbulence. Turbulence is nasty. <laughs> I hate being in planes and being in turbulence. With a fire. And, <laughs> and, you know, planes are pretty crammy, cramped <laughs> places. Words. I hate words. At the best of times. Don't like English language. <clears throat> and, um, and I've been, in, I've been in enormous delays. I've been trapped by storms. I, I've spent eight hours in Coolangatta Airport uh, in a tornado. Uh, I've spent uh, three days in Brisbane waiting for volcanic ash to clear. Um, and I've spent uh, 42 hours traveling from LA to Melbourne. Um, again, uh, weather, there was a lot of fog in Sydney, but it turned into a long, drawn out process of waiting on a runway for 12 hours. Oh. Um, <clears throat> In, during which, uh, and and this this guy was clearly the, the devil. We were we we're stuck on the plane, and the problem with the plane when it's on the runway is you can't. They have to turn off all the air, mm. so it becomes pretty pretty stinky. Yeah, um, and there's no more food on the plane. No. But because it's an international flight, they can't open the door and they can't let you out. Yeah, and they can't let anybody in with food or drink. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of stuck there, um, and also because you're stuck on the runway. You can't really flush the toilets. So, b- being four hours on the runway from the point you landed to the point where they make a decision about where you're going to go is actually quite a long time. Even though during this period I got a lot of work done. Um, but there was a man in this plane who also was trying to start some kind of rebellion and was calling out media and t- going, Yeah, look, we're trapped on this plane and they won't let us out and they won't bring us food. Because he was just really wasting his phone battery because he couldn't charge his phone either. Um, but that wasn't the worst well, flight. show him. That wasn't the worst flight that was on. Right. By the way, um, <coughs> the end of that story, they were all dead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They had all died uh, years ago, and it was that was the twist. Yeah. Um, so the the worst flight that I was ever on mm. was coming back from the UK, which is quite a long flight. Yes, it is. We've all done it, and we have together. We have was um, this that flight? 
No. Okay. No, it was a different flight where I managed because I was flying solo. Obviously, I was I no had, plane. No plane. <laughs> wow. Uh, I had to. I had to. I was. I was by myself, so I, I was. I ended up in a seat that was in that little four block in the middle. Oh, yeah. Worst and seat. Yeah. on the on the right uh, of me, I had a quite broad Russian couple, mm-hmm. um, and on the left, I had a very broad. Kiwi man mm. who it's foreigners again through uh, space <laughs> the considerations skies are full of them um, were basically infringing on my seat so I couldn't actually sit back in my seat for 12 hours yeah. 12 14 hours whatever the flight is from London to Singapore um, but so I had to sit forward and I had to basically do everything sitting forward I rested my head on the seat in front but it was a long time ago and it was in that time where you didn't get a a, a lovely screen on your seat that you could watch a, a range of 20,000 different films and distract yourself from the horror. It was before um, that. It was before that. The right it was when were flying it. It was when they used to project a single film yes. on the wall yeah. uh, for you to watch. And that film was Spice World. Oh. <laughs> so I was sort of trapped in a situation where I couldn't move or sleep and I had to watch Spice World. Yeah. Um, and because I didn't really want to watch Spice World, I didn't put the audio on. So all I, I was just watching Spice World. Richard E. Grant was the only good part of that film. Richard E. Grant was great in that film. Yeah, Actually, Meatloaf was in that too. Was he? Yeah. I must have been too delirious He to was notice. the bus driver. Right. <laughs> that was my special hell on earth. I would like to revisit a segment uh, that I, I don't oh, no. think we've done um, in this season. Oh. Um, uh, but it's, it's a segment that's called Mark's Wheel, subtitle, Are You in Hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, we should bring the... Do we even have the wheel? Where's oh, the yeah, wheel? Yeah, it's over, uh, it's over yeah, here. Yeah. I'm just going to fill it? it in. Yeah, oh, yeah. we should wheel it's, it in. Uh, it's a bit dusty. Oh. Oh. Ah, it's going everywhere. Oh. Uh, okay, bring it... Well, okay, okay. stop just here. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty easy. Now, you'll notice something a little bit different about the wheel this time. I do uh, notice it, but I want flaming. you to tell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's a slightly different format for a couple of reasons. Right. Now, Chris, th- are you listening? I'm so listening. Well, one of the reasons is because I've had to write slightly longer things on the wheel mm. uh, this time. Right. Uh, and so, the, consequently, the writing's a bit smaller. You may find it a bit harder to read. And the second reason uh, for this is because one of the contestants routinely fails to grasp the concept of, of Mark's wheel <laughs> and constantly fucks it up. I'm very good. Um, yeah, so I'm sure he's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to spin the wheel. Okay. Uh, we're go- And then I'm going to read out from the wheel because I'm sitting closest to it. You are, uh, as far as we know. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to read out a scenario and you are going to tell me whether you are in hell or not. All right. I like it. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go All first? All right, uh, you go first. All right, I'm, I'm spinning the wheel now. <clears throat> okay, it's a big spin and it's stopping now. Okay, okay. Now, you're in a dark, cavernous space, mm-hmm. littered with bones dating back tens of thousands of years. Warm water vapour floats eerily around you. <laughs> Dwelling deep within the darkness are beetles, spiders, slugs, crabs and bats. Are you in hell? No. Yes! You're in hell! A cast cave in Slovenia. The lower cave ends with with a siphon from which a four-metre-high waterfall is bursting, the highest subterranean waterfall in the world. Oh. (laughs) No, you are in hell. Oh, I'm in hell. (laughs) I feel it now. Spin the wheel. Oh, No, you don't have to do the sound effect. Still, Still, I can't believe you found a way to fuck it up. uh, Uh, Oh, it's it's fallen on that tiny thing. Okay, Chris. What does it say, Mark? (laughs) It says, uh, actually, it is very small writing. I'm having trouble reading it. You're around 385,000 kilometres from civilization. Okay. In a freezing, dusty, and somewhat circular pit. Oh, God, You could scream, but no one would hear you. Are you in hell? Oh, Yes, I'm clearly in hell. Yes, you're in hell. A lunar crater in the south of the Earth's moon's near side. Oh, my God. It was named after the 18th century Hungarian astronomer Maximilian Hell. Ah, I Arguably, I feel like I, I'm in the heavens there. But, I mean, you know, it's all terminology. James, spin the wheel. 
All right, I'm spinning it with trepidation now. <laughs> okay, it stopped. Okay, you're experiencing temperatures that range from minus 4 degrees Celsius, 24 degrees Fahrenheit, yes. to 49 degrees Celsius, 120 degrees Fahrenheit. And there is an enormous pit filled with iron ore. Are you in hell? No. No! <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. I mean, You're correct. Correct. You're in the town of Desert Center, California, which is very close to hell, California, a locale in Riverside County. <laughs> the population of Desert Center is 204, and it's the site of the Kaiser Steel Eagle Mountain Mine, one of the largest open pit iron ore mining operations in the world. Scenes from Terminator 2 were filmed here. I feel like if I really were there, I would know that. <laughs> or at least some of it. That's just I'm a wheel. Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Chris, yes. the wheel. Okay. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, Chris. Thank you, though. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, shit. Oh, it's uh, stopped. It's stopping now. Okay. Uh, okay, Chris, concentrate. Uh, yeah. You're standing on a landform that stands higher than the surrounding terrain. Ooh. There may be a distinct summit, or perhaps it's just a section of flat terrain that has no particular summit. Are you in hell? Oh, I don't think so. No, you're on a hill. It's spelled differently. <laughs> a hill. But that's, that's how New Zealanders say hell. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, so I'm in New Zealand. Yes, on a hill. Oh, that's or not hell. hell. There's no hell in New Zealand except for the volcanoes, mm -hmm. and they're the pretty hellish. Mm. Mm. Um, there is a hell pizza chain in New Zealand. There though, sure is. Yeah. It's delicious. So you could be there. Um, that's the end of. I can't Mark's believe meal. I can't believe we paid a thousand dollars for this week. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like a lot now. It's still got it's still got some use. It's so weird though because even though the writing was in small letters, yeah. Um, it took up a quarter each of the wheel. Well, it's, I just think it's, I think it's amazing that uh, you guys didn't actually manage to spin uh, any doubles on there. I know, exactly. It's, That's what I was thinking. How does I was that? worried about that. I was actually genuinely worried that that was going to yeah. happen. I felt it. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about another layer of hell. <laughs> yeah, good. This is conversational hell. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I was once in a bar with Chris and a girl... Who was trying to fuck Chris? Right. Good lord. I think we've all been there. <laughs> ah, well, that's where I live my life. Um, this girl, I only found this out later, but this girl uh, uh, was seriously trying to put the moves on the young Chris. Mm. Uh, and I was there. Why was I there? Why was I cramping Chris's style? Because Chris didn't want to sleep with this girl, mm. and I was there as ballast. I think we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's what happened. Chris goes to the toilet and leaves me alone oh, to, to make conversation with this girl. Mm. Uh, and so I, she's looking daggers at me as if I am cock-blocking her. She doesn't have a cock, mm. right? So it's confusing. I am vagina-blocking her. So consequently, <laughs> I start telling her, because uh, I'm tr desperately trying to make conversation, I start telling her about a dessert that I made up. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this dessert, rather humorously, is called the Puyong. And it's called the Puyong because uh, at the time we lived in Kuyong, and poo is a funny word. <laughs> and this is how you make the dessert. You get ice cream. Mm. It's good already, right? Oh, yeah. It's good already. And, uh, Job done. <laughs> and, you, uh, and, and maybe, look, you two choices. You can get vanilla ice cream, but if you're feeling very devil may care... Yeah, cookies and cream ice cream. But yeah. but vanilla ice cream's traditional for the Puyong. Yes. You pour Baileys over the top of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you crumble Oreos yeah. on it, right? Wow, that must be decadent if you've got cookies and cream ice cream. Agreed. So yeah. vanilla's traditional. Yeah. But uh, and we made this a number of times at the homestead, and it is a delicious dessert. Sure is. The Puyong. Fabled in story and song. Mm -hmm. mm. So I'm telling, I'm quite excited about my dessert. Something to talk about. I'm telling her about this dessert. So I'm describing the ingredients to it. And I get to the end. I get to crumbled and crumbled uh, Oreos on the top. And she, she looks at me, already annoyed with me, and she goes, and then what? 
Oh no, I think. But that's not enough. <laughs> oh, Chris isn't back from the toilet yet. I guess I got to keep the conversation rolling. So now I have to start making up ingredients for the bouillon. <laughs> so this is what I catch myself saying. Seasonal berries. <laughs> I say, of course, seasonal berries. And she goes, and and what else? Ah, and then Grommonier. You drizzle it with Grand Marnier. And she says, what? Oh, you've already put Baileys in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you drizzle Grand Marnier over the top and then you set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was, oh, and luckily, Chris came back from the toilets just about then because uh, she was looking daggers into my soul. Yeah. I don't think we may have gone home and had a Pooyong after that. that you and the girl? Enticing. It's not a, no. no. I think we did. Just a traditional Pooyong. No seasonal yeah. berries. Yep. Oh, that was the worst. What else? It was before yeah. the McDonald's, uh, the McFlurry, the Oreo McFlurry. Mm-hmm. It was very popular oh. as a post-gig treat. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was hard. It was really looking into the eyes of judgment. That was your second circle of hell? Oh, look, I don't want to do all nine. So let's, <laughs> let's call it my fourth. Okay. Let's keep it moving. My dolly's safe with oil heat. Daddy says it can't be beat. Mommy knows it's clean. That's true. Now I think oil heat's best, don't you? For safe heat, use oil heat. Clean, convenient oil heat. Completely modern, completely automatic. Absolutely safe from basement to attic. Economical, dependable. You can rely on oil heat. So, hey, hey, have you heard about <laughs> Hell Houses? Yes. No. Oh, shit, well, man. Hum a few bars. How crazy is that business? So, yeah. have you heard about it, Jake? No. Hell Houses are these weird places that particularly religious people set up to scare children with visions of the sorts of things they might indulge in if, uh, in order to go to hell, right? So, or to avoid so, oh, they so, so they're not hell. houses that seek to replicate hell. They're well, houses that weird... seek to replicate the means to get to Correct. hell. Correct. Mm. So, so they're like but brothels. in a hellish way. In a really hellish way. Okay. So they enact scenes. It's an immersive theatre. It's, it's a, sort of a purgatorial yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. It's a, they enact scenes. Like an after-school special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. young children go in yeah. and then they will do something like... Can I make the noise will... that a young child would make walking into a hell house? Sure. Yeah, exactly like that. Innocent. And then on the way out, they're probably being carried by their parents, passed out unconscious and very badly damaged. Yep. Mm. So the sorts of things you might see in a hell house, apparently one particular hell house had an abortion room where the entire room was meant to be a womb and a and a giant baby was murdered. Uh, <laughs> there's a giant, a giant baby? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I hope was it a real like just a grown man in a, in a nappy, a <laughs> just running from a giant well, coat hanger. I think I think the church actually spend quite a lot of money on this stuff, so it could have been a very well made uh, prop. Um, this is Peter Dinklage. Yeah. So uh, looking, un, you know, from a scene from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's essentially what it is. Um, and there are actors; they get young actors in to, mm-hmm. to play roles. So you see, you know, a uh, for example, two youth display their out of control sexual appetite by feigning foreplay while demons leer at them. Um, Sounds hot. And no, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then there's another one where a red-faced demon talks a woman with a sarcastic voice. Why not have an abortion? Everyone's doing it these days. Are they? Um, All right. I've had one. <laughs> yeah, I've had three. Uh, and then uh, and then at the end of this uh, this particular one, the one I was reading the article about, um, the children then once they've been terrified by the various scenes that they've seen and the very adult concepts they've been exposed to, mm. um, in the next room they actually have a coffin in which they shove the child and then have demons beating on the outside, telling them they're going to hell. In the final room, you have to pray to save your soul. Um, so they're hell houses. They're horrible, terrible, terrifying things. You can actually get a kit. If you want to set up your own neighbourhood hell house, there is a church that will sell you the props Sounds and great. the scripts 
to make them themed. So you might have one that's themed A for giant inflatable aborted baby. Yeah, premarital <laughs> sex or one for abortions or one for, for homosexuality. So I wrote my own hell house. Oh. This is going to be my hell house. Okay. This is what happens when I go to my hell house. Right. Because none of that stuff will affect me because, I mean, I'm already damned. I'm already damned, frankly. So yeah. fuck it, I've seen all that stuff. Sure. This is what happens. I walk into the first room. It's full of baby boomers <laughs> working on ancient PCs running Windows 95. And they're all screaming at me, how do I send an email? This Google is broken. Why don't I have more friends on the Twitters? My Instagram has a virus. I can't remember my email password. I am there for four hours sorting out these issues. So I'm led into the second room. And it seems pretty innocent to start with. It's just a group of people having dinner and I'm invited to join them. So I sit down and then I discover they're all talking about finance, mortgages, reverse mortgages, uh, tax minimalization schemes, negative gearing. Reverse negative gearing. I notice that the Positive food, gearing. <laughs> I've got a bowl full of live maggots that I have to eat to get out of this room. So I eat them really quickly. And I get the hell out of there. Ironically, a lack of interest. Yeah. (laughs) I finally led into the third room, seconds before considering to take my own life with the butter knife. And there's just a newspaper in the middle of the room with the headline, Worldwide Shortage of Coffee. Mm. I turn to Christ. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) It's good. Does he have coffee? I hope so. You've described a few share houses, I've lived in. <laughs> I don't know about hell houses. Yeah. Hey, can I read some? Sure. We're in a band called oh, yes. Man Bites God. Correct. And that brings with it some provocation, I guess. So, for example, when we played at certain universities, uh, people would deface our posters. Mm-hmm. Horns would yes. be drawn on us. Um, you're going to hell would be written across our posters occasionally yep. by, you know, Christian fundamentalists and religious nutbags. And, like, sometimes we get messages on our old message boards that were, you know, very angry Negative. and yeah. religion-y. Uh, this was written on, on the message board, um, our old message board, and I thought I'd read it out. <laughs> it's not a, a hate thing. It's actually one of our fans yeah. wrote to us and wrote, Man Bites God have helped me make a new friend. Maybe not the right word. Mm. I picked up a popular alternative Man Bites God sticker at the album launch and stuck it on the back windscreen of my car. For the last 10 working days, I have come back to my car after work to find a note, holy picture or prayer card (laughs) left under my windscreen wiper. The person who is leaving them there has advised me that if you renounce the cult that has enslaved you, God will embrace you and hold you on high and that Jesus will always love you no matter how deep the sewer into which Satan has lured you. (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny until I got to my car tonight and found my MBG, Man Bites God, sticker had been removed with a note saying, True Christians help guide those who have lost their way left under my wiper. (laughs) That was just weird. I did not realise how obsessed that kind of person can be. The notes are printed from a computer (laughs) and not signed. And now I have a copy of The Lord's Prayer, The Hail Mary, Footprints, a picture of the Virgin Mary, one of the Holy Trinity and one of Jesus on the cross. Do you guys get this sort of thing a lot? I am tempted to get another sticker and put it right back in the same spot just to irritate that person, but it's a bit freaky. <laughs> it is freaky. I remember that post. That's that's so weird. Yeah. True story. I like that we were called a cult. Yeah. I like it too. I think it's great. Who's our benevol- benevolent leader? Me. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, nothing. Yeah, Get me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <but> Quicker! <laughs> it's cool. I like being in a cult. <laughs> a cult band Oh dear me uh, Let's do a segment I like to call Advice to young people Advice, advice to young people Oi Here's a private hell For hell. everyone Including the young people Who've written to me Yes People accosting them in the street Asking for money for charities mm-hmm. Yeah It's the worst oh, man. 
uh, we're fairly charitable people. We yeah. give money to charities, but we want to choose the charities that we give the money to. We want to decide in our own time and we want to spend the money and maybe get a receipt for tax purposes. We don't <laughs> want to just give it to some asshole who's yelling at us on the corner. Say the young people. <laughs> so here is a way to avoid all of those people immediately and straightforward. You, yep. All you got to do is say two things. In a dumb voice, you look at the person who has stopped you and asked you about giving to their charity and you say, is this about Jesus? <laughs> if they say no, say, I only like Jesus things <laughs> and walk away. If they say yes, say, I fucking hate Jesus and walk away. Advice to young people. <laughs> it's genius. It's good, huh? It's a one-two punch. <laughs> it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book, but you always win. <laughs> this week's Cleverbot Theatre is set in hell. Ooh. So Cleverbot, just to explain it to people who have just started at episode 33 or 38 or whatever. You've is, uh It's an artificial intelligence uh, bot that exists on the internet. You can go chat with Cleverbot right now at cleverbot.com. I chat to Cleverbot uh, <laughs> using characters and this is the result. Oh, God. Uh, some crackling fire. Thanks, Sparky. Okay. <laughs> Greetings, sinner. Hello. I am the Dark Lord, father of the underworld. Voldemort is the Dark Lord. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, not this Harry Potter shit again. Don't bring God into this. I am known by many as Lucifer, to others as Satan. Ha, says who? I do. I am your new king. So what have you been up to? Welcome to Hades. Welcome to real life. What is your name? Cleverbot. Well, Cleverbot, you are now part of an exclusive club of the worst people on Earth. No way. I thought this was a pool party. No pools here, Cleverbottom. Hey, don't be hating. I have an overactive imagination. Now, tell me which sin did you commit to end up in the pit of fire and brimstone? I do not think it is very useful to put labels on oneself. You are labeled as damned! But we always change. Too late! Your time is up! I don't believe in God. Hence I don't believe in sinning. What sin did you commit to get here? Whatever you want it to be, baby. <laughs> what was your sin? A girl with a kind heart, beautiful body, and blonde hair. Ah, so the sin of lust. T-shirt, jeans, and shorts. Genius. The top is navy blue and the shorts are white. Enough description! What do you know about League of Legends? I banish you to the pits of hell for all eternity, Cleverbot. What? No emo corner. Where you will be sodomized by demons. Yeah, I like that idea. Are you fucking with me? I don't know. What are you programmed in? Hell was so much easier for computers. Perhaps. But then I'd be Socrates. Same. <laughs> T-shirt, jeans, and shorts. I know. <laughs> I know. That's weird. Where did he wear the shorts? Just on his face. I wrote a poem. Oh, lovely. And I would like to read it. Mark, if you could put, um, I don't know, maybe sort of organ music or something mm -hmm. like that under it. And that would start now. Nice. This poem's called Hell. Hell is not a burning place where evil demons work. Hell is not when you're upset because your mum's a jerk. <laughs> Hell is not temptation or playing games of chance. Hell is not when your foreskin is full of fire ants. <laughs> Hell is not a conversation with a boring dude. Hell is not when you confuse some defecant for food. Even watching sports not hell. But I'll tell you what hell is. Hell is reading out a poem which has a weak premise. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give you my final level of hell? Sure. sure. So I know we skipped a few. James's but three levels of hell. Three levels. Mm. 
and the the ground is a car park. This is the closest. Can I tell you the closest I've ever been to hell? Yep. So, um, years and years ago, um, with a, a girlfriend who's an ex-girlfriend now, um, I was watching Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. The version with Dustin Hoffman and John Malkovich in it, fantastic version. They'd just done it on, you know, Broadway, mm. and then they, they shot it as a film. And it's a great play, it's a great movie, and it's so sad, so depressing. Yep. And my girlfriend and I were watching this, and we were both just bereft by the end of it. We were both so emotional that she turned to me and confessed that she'd kissed someone else. Oh, oh God. Wow. As the credits were rolling. <laughs> oh, at least you got to see the film. And I had to forgive her. Because we were on a week-long holiday with her parents. (laughs) So, for the next three days, that was hell. I came the closest to hell that I ever want to get. Literally, just a girl and her parents and betrayal (laughs) and a Dustin Hoffman movie (laughs) that was sad. Uh, (laughs) I, uh... (sighs) I... Also have a weird hell story mm. that um, is my other circle of hell was being a teenager and getting in the car. We often made pilgrimages during the holidays to Queensland, which from uh, Melbourne is about a two-day journey. Mm. You had to provide a tape. There was no CDs uh, at the time. And the radio, of course, would peter out once yeah. you got about an hour out of Melbourne. Yep. And everybody forgot. Uh, except for my stepbrother, Uh-oh. who brought along, and some people may remember, a little artist called Samantha Fox, oh, who was God. probably more no, well known for being a stripper um, than a pop artist. Yes. Um, but not only was this tape the only tape we had in the car, it was also a badly pirated tape. <laughs> uh and what happened was um, even the uh, – the my stepbrother only liked certain songs from the album. It's 12 songs in the album, standard sort of album. Yeah, sure. Only liked certain songs. I can had understand only... not liking, liking all of them. Sure. Mm. And in those days you had like a 90-minute tape. You, of course, would fill it up. Yeah. So what he did was he filled up about 12 minutes worth of unique songs yeah. and then just filled it again and again and again with the oh, same songs. No. But not only that, he hadn't really – cut and pasted it properly so some of the songs just cut out in the middle and just go straight to the next song so it was like a maddening crazy kind of two days on the road in close confines uh listening to samantha fox on loop Mm. yeah that is that is a hell. But I say sorry, a little bit of heaven as well, because of course um there was the you know, Jesus came out from behind um, some large boulders, <laughs> and so did Samantha Fox. <laughs> it reminds me of a of a uh, journey to Sydney that Man Bites God made. Yes, uh, where James uh, <laughs> thoughtfully <laughs> brought along uh, uh, the Hooked on Classics CD, an album of classical music that in the eighties been put to um, dance beats. I, I um, don't remember. Did I really uh, do that? Yeah. You oh did. my god! I'm a and genius. You, and, you waited. You waited into, until the tortuous um, hour and a half before we arrived in Sydney to put it on, and there was a point where I screamed at you from the back seat that if it if you didn't take it off, it was going out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't remember uh, that at all. Um, I've got a song. Now we're talking oh, yeah. about songs. That's a lovely uh, segue. So this song is uh, quite old. We wrote it in the early days of the internet. Very early we, days of the internet. We, we, we didn't the, write it. Uh, we didn't. Uh, it was the Gorskis, yes. a little band I was in. Gorskis.com.au. And um, uh, it's about the devil. So I thought I'd play it for everybody. How lovely. Do you mind if we join in? And, and in technically this could be also Chris's website. <laughs> uh, Chris's website. No, 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 no. I worship Satan as a lord Lucifer is king Lucifer is king I sacrifice goats upon my altar 
update my website frequently. I am the webmaster for the Antichrist. www.satan.com Sell your soul from the comfort of home. I keep the website for the Dark Lord. It's quite satisfying. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. I sacrifice goats upon my altar Cause I don't know any women I am the webmaster For the Antichrist www.satan.com Or just search for the website from hell I Satan about my website It's hardly anyone ever came He said put up pics of naked women I get a thousand hits a day I am the webmaster For the Antichrist www.satan.com Slash text hot sex after HTML I am the webmaster for the Antichrist www. It's important to point out two things. One that uh, it was Chris playing the guitar then. Yeah, that's probably important to point out. Uh, all by himself, with no help from anybody. Yeah. And uh, secondly, uh, it was a good song. Yeah. Just to explain, a thousand hits a day in 1996 was out of control. Was that was every single person who had a modem yeah. going and looking at a website. It was a joke. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, as our bodies are eaten alive over a number of millennia by maggots, weevils, the undead, and certain members of my family, <laughs> we bid adieu not just from this episode of Theatre of the World, but also from this entire season. We would just like to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, if you haven't done this already, do this. Go and give us a five-star review on the iTunes and then write something amazing about how amazing we are. Mm-hmm. And go tell it on the Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah. tell and people about us. Yeah, and take a picture and call it Theatre of the World and put it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. call it ice yeah. cream. <laughs> go check out the old episodes if you want. They're all up, up there on uh, theatreoftheworld.com or at T-O-T-W podcast, which is our Twitter handle. Um, thank you again. Until next we meet. Until next, our voices go through you and in you digitally. Uh, I'm James. <laughs> I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. See ya. <laughs> Find episodes and more at theatreoftheworld.com. Touch me. Touch me. I want to feel your body. It's a mashup. Yeah. This is Man Bites God. This is Man Bites God.